Hey, hey, y'all. We are back. Welcome to Making Me the Move. As you probably know by now, my name is Giovanna Rosales, your host here at Making Me the Moves. And I am so excited to be here with y'all in season three um, on our next episode that we are going to be recording right now in this very present moment. Um, As most of you know, if I haven't said it already, this is a very important season and a very personal one to me as well, um, because we will deep dive with other mujeres to speak on their journeys of discovering their an extra layer of themselves, which will, is either their chronic illnesses, their conditions, or their disorders. Disclaimer, neither our guest Maritza nor myself are medical professionals. We are here having a conversation on how we personally manage our whether it's disorder, chronic conditions, and or disabilities. So please seek medical and professional help if you do not feel well or if you yourself feel that you have a medical condition. On today's episode, we are going to talk and touch upon postpartum depression with my newfound connection, Maritza Alacron. Uh, Maritza is a content creator based in Southern California, focusing on lifestyle, travel, and motherhood topics. As a wife, mother, and tech industry professional, Maritza launched her blog, MitziDays.com. Through her blog, she shares her experiences with postpartum depression, travel, and the daily life. Maritza draws inspiration from her struggles with mental health and motherhood, which have motivated her to succeed in her career and achieve her professional goals. Her ultimate goal is to empower women, specifically mothers, to be resilient, pursue their passions, and travel with or without their families. So Maritza, um, welcome to Making Leader Moves. I am so excited to have you here. I am so excited to be able to talk upon a topic that isn't necessarily talked a lot about, even though it's a lot more common than not. And I'm so excited for you to shed some light, shed some knowledge, as well as shed your own experience and journey through all this. So if you would like, please uh, share your story of your first sign of postpartum depression. Yeah, so, um, well, thank you very much, Joanna, for having me here today and for me and continuing to speak about postpartum depression. But the first signs were when I just had my child and this was during the pandemic. <clears throat> so back in 2020, May, 2020, and that's when I oh started my goodness. Thing. Yeah. yeah. So it's like right on <laughs> in the early on of the pandemic. Yeah. So I started noticing. This was your um, first child as well, correct? First child. The first yeah. child going through a pandemic, I mean, if the stress isn't big enough, now you have this extra <laughs> layer of uncertainty happening um, within all within your life. So yeah, the, yeah, the emotion it, had to be extensive for sure. Definitely. It was a lot. Sorry, I already noticed some form of like stress and depression during the pandemic. And I was already going to therapy for that. Mm-hmm. But when I had my child, I started to notice a lot more issues after the fact. A little side note, during my pregnancy, I did have a lot of health issues. I had preeclampsia, I had gestational diabetes, and even some health issues my daughter might have had, Um, Mm. but luckily she didn't have any of those issues when she was born. But all of that just coming to me, it was a lot. So when I felt like when I had her, 
I thought those emotions were going to go away because I'm like, okay, well, she's healthy. Everything turned out fine. Nothing is going on anymore. But I still felt hopeless. And I still felt like maybe I did not want to be a mom. Mm. And that's when I started to get really sad over it. Like I just went through this. I prayed so much for for a child. I couldn't get pregnant for almost a year. Oh my and, goodness. And then now feeling this way. Yeah. It was a lot to take on. It was a lot to feel. So that's when I felt like, okay, there's something going on. But even though I was going to therapy beforehand during the pandemic, I stopped when I had my child to see how motherhood would be. Then I realized, okay, I do need that help again. Mm, Okay. So that was your aha moment was I'm not feeling this joy that I see in these movies, uh, these songs that I hear about this unconditional love, right? All these commercials, uh, almost kind of like the comparison game of, Yes. Why, why am I like this? You know, why am I not quote unquote normal? And, 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 and in general, like that's our problem with social media, right? Is the comparison game of why am I not at such this level? And it's like, cause that's a commercial, you know, or like that's social media. Like, of course, you're not going to be yeah. putting your, the normal way that human beings feel. So with that experience, was it that experience or was it another experience when, or did you even go to a doctor and were you like, okay, this doesn't seem normal to me. Um, I'm not feeling as fulfilled as what I thought I would be. Obviously I'm feeling all the feels after having a baby. Um, do I need to go see a doctor or, or what made you be like, okay, maybe I do. And, and as you had mentioned, you had stopped therapy and then you just decided like, okay, yeah, I, I definitely need to go back to therapy. Was did you go to like an actual? Um, I guess like after after you and and correct me if I'm wrong because I'm I'm not a mother, but like after your child, I'm I'm assuming you go back for checkups and then did you go before your checkup to be like there's something wrong here? Um. So the first checkup that uh, I had mm-hmm. after giving birth was after eight weeks. So oh it it is. For me, I think it's ridiculous. Like nobody calls you, nobody tells you how are you doing. It's just like, well, we'll see you in six to eight weeks to see if either like you ha- you're having any issues. I had a C-section, so they had to check. And even with that, they didn't even want me to come in because of the pandemic. And I'm like, I need to go in. I don't. I'm not a doctor. I don't know if my if I'm healing correctly. What am I looking for? But um, after having my daughter, I did take her to her first appointment, and they do ask moms. A- uh, they give them a questionnaire saying, how are you feeling? And I did write down that I was feeling upset. Um, but while I was out in the world, I guess, during this time, I felt okay. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was able to manage it. So when they would ask me a question, I was like, yeah, I guess it's tough. Um, especially when the baby's not sleeping and you're just tired as heck. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But it mm-hmm. would never go on from there. But it was, I think, a month into my postpartum that I was just crying every single day. Mm. I just did not have the feeling. And it was my dad that sat with me and told me what was wrong with me. Like, not like, oh, what's wrong? No with kidding. Me? Yeah. He was just more of like, I've noticed that you are not yourself what's going on and I'm just like okay luckily somebody 
asking what's going on, but now how am I going to verbalize that I'm feeling this way? But the first person that really sat me down was my dad. Which is interesting because, you know, you would, you, or you would guess that it would be your partner, right? Like your partner's Mm -hmm. there with you through this whole experience. You're living with your partner. Um, And then especially in our culture, like, I'm kind of shocked that it was your father, right? That it wasn't your mother or, or your sister, um, and that it was that it was like a male, an older male influence coming up to you and being like, Miha, what's up? Um, and so that that's great. And I'm glad that you were able to to have someone recognize that, because I think um, even though sometimes people might know that you're not OK, they don't really know how to address you. So the fact that, you know, there was some bravery and some courage there, I, I think is awesome. Um, and so when it was time to verbalize it, how did that come out? How did that look like? Uh, I was just starting to cry. I'm like, I don't want to say it. I'm going to sound like a bad mom. And he's like, it's fine. I probably done a lot of things to be a bad dad, but like, trust me, like you still love me. I'm like, yeah, I do. (laughs) I love you. So, um, I just said, like, I wish that I wasn't a mom. And Mm -hmm. I just started bawling. I just started crying. And he allowed me to have that moment. And I said, I wish I would have waited. Maybe Mm. it would be different. Maybe if I would have waited a few more years or not during this pandemic, like if I knew the pandemic was going to happen, right? But it just kind of felt like I wish I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. And those nights were just like the longest nights. And I could just remember just handing my child to my mom, like here, like, I don't want to do this. And I would just fall asleep. So I Mm -hmm. owe a lot to my mom, but um, I cried a lot. But when I finally said it, it it's just like a weight lifted off my shoulders when I told that to my dad. Well, it was the truth, right? It, it was yeah. the truth. And, and I feel like, in, especially in our culture and for women specifically, it's always this form of perfection that, that, that mm-hmm. you have to be on 24-7. And it doesn't matter what's alrededor, what's going on next to you, or it doesn't matter what's happening in your life. You just have to show up and, and be the best version of you. And so keeping that all bottled in, I mean, I, I'm for sure definitely enhance the emotions and, and the feelings that, that you were feeling, you know, it's almost like you're drowning in your silence and being able to liberate that um, and, and saying it out loud and saying something again, that that's still in our culture seems taboo. But again, it's very normal to feel like that because this is going like, this is a, um, this is an experience that is changing your whole life for the rest of your life. And that has to be very overwhelming. Um, And then again, you have like, you know, women having that sense of having to be perfect and not being able to spit out real feels. I mean, like I said, you just feel like you're drowning in your own silence. Yeah, exactly. And I felt like um, that's when I realized all the things that my mom had gone through that we had Mm -hmm. never talked about before me having a child that Mm -hmm. I had to take to me having a child to talk about all these things that she had gone through. And remember my mom telling me like, well, your, your husband is here. Um, We were here to help you because I was living with my parents at the time Mm -hmm. since we were in the process of moving. Um, 
an added stress on top an of added. that. <laughs> 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 the process of moving and my, my, my home was being redone and due to the pandemic oh being, and it, just, it was just crazy. So my mom was just like, well, what, what? she didn't understand, she didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember telling her, I'm like, well, like, I want to be like you. You're worse. You're such a great mom. You did so much for us. And I'm realizing now that I'm not going to be you. Mm. Like, I've never seen you cry. I've never seen you this. I've never seen you that. And she told me, no, it's, it's hard. Mm-hmm. I cried. There's probably times where I cried in the, in the shower. There's mm. times I cried when you guys fell asleep. I did it by myself. But if you have me here, like, you should be okay. Like, it's okay to ask for help, even mm-hmm. if I didn't, or if my mom couldn't, that's what she was telling mm-hmm. me. So, and it wasn't until after the fact, I was like, oh my gosh, my mom went through that. Like, I never, I never thought about it that way. And since we don't, we don't talk about it um, because of like, you have to handle it. Like, that's your child. And I guess back in the day is more traditional. Moms were not working. They had more time with, the, with their children that, um, I really thought, okay, maybe I won't be able to do anything ever again. Mm. And that's deep. Um, because you're just right. Like you're just starting a new chapter in your life and you are thinking I can't do anything. Um, and it is, it is, it isn't even like, Oh, this is going to be a difficult chapter and challenging time, but like, it's just, let's wrap it up. Let's, let's close it. Um, and let's not even, like we're not moving on and that's really sad and i think again it has to go with the sense of perfectionism and then the sense of as you were saying like we can do it all on our own and it's sad that most of us and i include myself in this um that sometimes you do feel that you have to go about it alone and it's you know maybe that you don't know how to articulate that you need support Um, know that you even need support and then feel ashamed that you need support because I think what it sounded like to me and please feel free to correct me if I'm wrong it sounded like you were doing which I have done um, and I didn't even realize it until this summer that I do a lot of comparison between me and my mom without even realizing it Mm -hmm. Um, like when you were saying like well she did it so how come I can't do it and then I had to tell her I can't do it like you, like you're so amazing. And it's almost holding your parents on this pedestal because they were the greatest parents that they could possibly be. But there was a lot of things that they didn't let you see, you know, and like with my mom, I could I could definitely say like there's a lot of things that she didn't let me see when I was growing up. But innately, you know, all of the perfectionism that she had, it was like, man, like I'm never going to be able to be this woman. Um and then it, like, of course, I'm never going to be her. I'm not her. Like, my name isn't Marina, you know, just like you're, yeah. you're not your mom's name. Like, of course, you're going to be your own individual. Um, but the fact that both of your parents were so open and so supportive and so loving throughout all of this transition while, you know, staying with them um, <laughs> while this whole house <laughs> is being renovated is just like it's it's a sense of community that that either we don't even realize that we had like you weren't even you didn't even realize that you had that sense of community and support um or sometimes not not having that support so 
once you know your parents came and told you like hey mija it's okay we're here for you we're here to help you we're here to support you how did you start feeling afterwards uh i started to feel a little bit better it was just more of like okay like I do have their support I guess I just needed to hear it Mm -hmm. (laughs) in order for me to be okay with it and I think Mm -hmm. that's always been an issue of mine where I don't like asking for help of course and hence having a child I'm like oh I could do this and no I can't so um I felt better and I Mm -hmm. felt relieved um that when I spoke with the doctor for my six or eight week checkup they're like, oh, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm not doing good. Good for you. Um, I think I need therapy. And I, I'm wondering what kind of therapy I need to go to because, you know, I I told them about the therapy I was taking. And they referred me to a postpartum depression class, a group class, a group. So it was very helpful. Um, And what is a postpartum um, depression class? yeah, for I, I don't know, and, and probably some of the listeners don't know what that entails. So with the group, it's, uh, I think it was like six of us that were having postpartum depression or that had mm-hmm. postpartum depression at the moment. So we were able to talk about pretty much anything and being open with each other and realizing that, hey, these other women in this group, they're feeling the same. And mm-hmm. You're not alone. And having that resource was was so, it was great because you don't feel alone. You never want to feel alone, especially when you're going through something so difficult. Um, so when you're listening to these women saying the exact same things that you're feeling, it validates your feelings. It's almost liberating, I feel, um, at a point because you're so, um, right, like you're so judgmental on yourself and you're so harsh on yourself. There's no way that I can feel like this. Um, or again, that whole there's something wrong with me um, narrative that you tell yourself. And then you're in this room with these other women and they're telling you the exact same thing that you're feeling and the exact same thing that you're thinking, but you're too scared of saying out loud because you don't want to be perceived as a bad human being, especially as a brand new mom. Um, Because again, right, it's supposed to all be like stars and rainbows and very unicorn. And you're like, it's Uh anything but y'all right now. Like the struggle is very real. So was it just the women that were in the group or was it their partners as well? It was just the women for that specific group, Mm -hmm. um, which was helpful because we are the ones going through the postpartum depression. Maybe if we had like our significant other after the fact, maybe that would help for them to understand a little bit more. Cause I know it was probably a little bit difficult for my husband to try to help me and Mm. also him not feel um, overwhelmed by it too. Cause he is also a first time dad and he's going through this as well, but he really helped me um, to, to continue going. Yeah. And really helped with taking care of the baby while I was taking the classes and going to my therapy sessions because I had therapy, had the group therapy, mm-hmm. and I also saw psychiatrists for medication. Great support system. I mean, you knew exactly what you needed and you knew that just one thing wasn't enough for you. And so you took the steps to get 
um, different types of help. How was the uh, psychiatrist journey, if you don't mind me asking, because I know some some women have have a hard time with even thinking about, you know, being on some type of medication during their difficult, whether it's, again, the chronic conditions, the disorders. Um, how was that journey for you? And what did that look like? I was scared because for the last few times I took there, I did therapy. I didn't need the medication or I didn't want the medication. Right. And this time around, I felt very deep into the depression where I felt that I do need something else. Mm-hmm. I do need assistance, but I was still in the, in the back of my mind. I was like, don't take the medication. It's bad for you. I don't want mm-hmm. to be, I just didn't want to be dependent on it. Like show me right. the different ways. Uh, but when I was going with a psychiatrist and I did explain to her, I'm like, these are the things that I'm worried about. And she was very nice to sit down and explain it to me, like uh, what type of medication it is, um, how low of a dosage it is that it won't affect me. It was just more for me to fall asleep. Oh, okay. Because at night I was having issues with um, feeling like if my child was going to pass, going to die at night and just having those extreme just thoughts. Yeah. (laughs) Something bad was going to happen to my child. Um, because of all the things that I've gone through during the pregnancy about her having health issues. And then I was still in denial, mm-hmm. even though my child was completely healthy. So it was like postpartum depression. And then um, I forgot the exact word that they have for it, but um, I just had intrusive, like those thoughts of like something bad is going to happen for my, to my child. So at mm-hmm. night I wouldn't even sleep. Okay. So that allowed me to sleep. And I just had to, tell my dad tell my dad tell my husband or my mom or my in, my mother-in-law that I would come in to help at night so I could have that rest oh wow and that really helped me just relax and mm. not have those thoughts in my mind especially at night that's when I would usually take it but at first I was scared I did yeah. take it a few times but after a while I stopped taking the medication because I was able to ease out of it. That's great. Um, like I said, I'm just really, really happy that you were able to. And I think that's a that's a really, really hard part for some of us. And I include myself um, when I say some of us when when you do need some type of medical help. Um, and I think it's again, you know, it, it's it's the stigma of I can do it right? I can do it by myself or like, I'm just going to take a holistic approach. But sometimes it does take some type of medication to to get you to where you need to get you. And so like, even with you, I congratulate you being like, this is what I needed for that specific moment, but I don't need it for the rest of my life. And so you even gave yourself that space of being honest with yourself and telling yourself, this is for now this is not my forever. And if it is, we'll, we'll work with it as we go. But for now, but for right now at this specific moment in my life, this is the help and aid that I need. And the fact that you did it, even though you were scared, um, because I know like there's a lot of, you know, people that are hesitant on taking certain medication because of the fear or the scare, the scaries that they have for it. So 
that's pretty awesome. Um, and, and like, I love that you're just so open about that and, and talking about it. Oh yeah. For me, I feel I have to be open about it. Um, I don't want people, especially women, because I'm talking about postpartum depression. And of course, sometimes men, men also get postpartum depression, mm-hmm. but um, I feel that I don't want anybody to feel alone the way that I did and Mm -hmm. to know that there's some help out there, that there's help out there. And sometimes you just have to be open about it and be vulnerable and it's okay. It's okay to ask for help. And even though it took me a long time to fully be okay with it. um, Being okay of not being okay. Yeah. (laughs) it's, It's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to to take the medication if you need it. Um, of course, I was very open to with my with my psychiatrist, and I, I even told her like I don't I don't believe in it. Um, help me out, help me understand it, mm-hmm. um, the pros and cons of it, the dosage, and when you're open with that, there's a lot more resources. There's a lot more things that they will keep in mind when they're looking for a medication for you. I love that. I love that. Um, Okay, so obviously we know brand new mom. Um, you're t- you're grabbing all the support that you can, not only from your family but from this postpartum depression group, your therapist as well as um, your med- uh, your medication. But you're like doing it all, right? You're a brand new mom. You have a nine to five, and on top of that, you have your own business. Um, and so as a new mother, wife, daughter, hermana, having the nine to five, the business owner, I can only imagine how hard and lonely that must have felt. How do you navigate your depression with, with wearing all of these hats, each of the hat being so demanding? It it was hard. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I feel likely during that time, um, you know, think of for some maternity leave I, that needs to change a little bit more we need more time um but yeah yes please yeah. <laughs> being able because the six to eight weeks is not enough so mm-hmm. um because i, I mean that's like when I you're, you're gonna it. visit a doctor too right like you're back in the office and that's your first visit <laughs> back to the doctor like make it make yeah. sense because it doesn't it doesn't make sense i i seriously went through postpartum depression for almost a year and a half so a year and a half wow uh that's when i started Mm -hmm. to feel better a year and a half when she was like a year and a half almost turning two that's when i'm like oh i feel like myself again so it does take time and people have to understand that Mm -hmm. but um luckily i was on maternity leave so i did have time to really focus on getting better but mm-hmm. um, at that time, I, my previous employer, I was trying to get a promotion and I just wanted to get back to work to, you know, try to get that promotion. And then when I went back and I realized that that was not going to happen, I felt so devastated, but also like, okay, that, it makes you think Family is much more important. Your health is much more important than any promotion, any title, mm-hmm. any salary. Mm-hmm. And, but it really took me to that part. Like, I just wanted to get back to work. Yeah. Um, at first, I thought, 
maybe if I get back to work, I feel like myself again, I'm going to be doing things for myself. I'm going to be trying to, you know, pursue my my career as an analyst and continue moving up because I don't want motherhood to stop me. Right. I realize. Do you think, do you think that you felt like that because you were putting those pressures on yourself? Was it society putting it? Was it a combo of both? It was myself. It was yourself. I had like my goals. I'm like, okay. Like, cause I kind of felt like, Oh, once you're a mom, you're done. Like, Mm -hmm. sorry about that. Like you're just, and also I feel like sometimes people in the workforce, they look at moms differently. Right. Uh, And it's more of like, well, she's going to be thinking about her children or not wanting to stay later or not doing a good job because so on and so forth. And I've heard those things before at my, um, at work. I've heard that. And I've heard women hide their pregnancy until like third trimester when they're about to go into the delivery room because of the fact that they're scared of same thing, not getting that promotion, having all of these uh, like clouded images of, of, of themselves to their colleagues. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt like I did do that in the beginning. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to say anything until I kind of hear that there might be a promotion. And then after the, you know, they do say it, I'll, verbalize hey I'm, I'm I'm actually pregnant you guys yeah but, um and it's kind of felt it kind of felt like like a pregnancy was something bad for you because you're hiding it right and it's just wow. like like that shouldn't matter exactly. <laughs> if you're a mom if you're like, like there's da- there's a lot of dads who are executives there's a lot of dads who go back to work right away and but they're the dads right, right. like I'm mm-hmm. the one even though my husband did go through a lot I'm the one with the C-section. I'm the one with this. I'm the one with that mm-hmm. to go back to work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just felt very, it was a eye-opening moment. And it made me realize so much more where it's like, why am I trying to do the best for somebody else when I can't even do the best to be a good mom? Like maybe mm-hmm. I should be focusing on my health because I was working through the, I was going to work, doing the therapy, <laughs> doing the group therapy, going with a psychiatrist. And usually they allow you to not go to work during that time. But no, I was so eager to get a promotion okay. that I'm like, I could go back to work. I think I got all this. And after that, I'm like, you know what? This is, this is some BS. I need to be good for myself. Mm-hmm. Because if something happens the next day, they're going to be like, business analyst position open. That's very, I was, I saw this meme that said, um, and and it goes back to the mental health and taking care of yourself. It was just like, um, the, the funeral is taking place. However, the assistant came, was cleaning out the desk and the job description's already on LinkedIn, but your family doesn't have you anymore. Um, and so the fact that you were able to realize that very quickly too uh, is 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 awesome. I think it's amazing. Um, and you being very self aware of that, right? Like, why am I doing the most for somebody and I'm not even showing up for myself? Yeah. <laughs> even though it felt like a like a slap in the face, but it was just like, oh, like I remember talking to my therapist. I'm like, you know what? I know I have a few weeks left. I think I'm going to take the time off like fully time off from work. Mm. And then she's like, okay, 
because I still had a few weeks left. And yeah, I after that and being fully immersed in it, it helped so much. Mm-hmm. Really focusing on one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, now that I feel better, that I feel okay, it's time to go back to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really took my time mm-hmm. to feel as best as possible to be also a good worker. Of course, I still liked what I did. I still had to have a job. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, I had to really look into myself and think, okay, I'm ready to go back. Mm-hmm. Now this is the next step. What are we going to do now? Um, but it was hard, but I felt like I had to let go of certain responsibilities mm. to feel better. And then from there, just kind of start, um, you know, going back to work, start my blogging, start everything else. Mm-hmm. So you took the time for yourself. Um, how did your job respond to when you came back and were like, wait a minute, this isn't for me. I'm going to go ahead and take the rest of my leave. Were they supportive? Were they kind of like, eh? Uh. <laughs> um, I really didn't talk to my manager. I just went straight to HR. I'm like, hey, like, I need my time off. Here it is. And I kind of felt like a new Maritza because before I would have never, I would be so afraid to do that. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, you don't have to tell your manager. Like, you, you could talk to HR and they could tell them for you. <laughs> so yeah. for me, it's like, I did I did that route. And so when I came back, they were they were good. Um they helped me get back on my feet at work and showed me certain things that I missed mm-hmm. and they were they were fine with it. I didn't have any pushback like with anything. And yeah. um but I just kind of felt like it was <laughs> I just had to do that. Yeah. Just, be straightforward. I guess, I, I mean, I've been out of corporate for so long that, um, and then maybe some of our listeners are nine to five, regular nine to fivers, but I think we tend to forget, like, that's what HR is there for. Like, you don't necessarily have to go through your manager or your higher ups, yeah. like they're the ones who can take care of that. So that's, that's a great knowledge point. Um, and then I'm going to keep that in the back of my roster when I talk to other nine to fivers. Because, yeah, I think I think sometimes you just think that you have to go to the like to your direct um, person who's in charge of you. And then it's like, no, actually, it doesn't have to be like that at all. Um, And so I'm glad that you use the resources that that were able um, that were right in front of you. So do you think now that um, you're in a better place and you're trying to, you know, manage motherhood as well as manage your nine to five and then your own business um, with the blogging? Do you feel that um, it's habit or motivation that makes your business thrive? Or do you think it's a little bit of both? And then have you had to build habits in order to thrive in your business with postpartum depression? I feel like it's a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, because you have to create those habits, <laughs> especially if you want, like for me, I'm very on a to-do list. I have mm. my Outlook at work and I have my phone. I have them sometimes synced together just to make sure I'm on the right page. Um, <laughs> so you have to create a habit to say, okay, on Mondays after work, I'm going to create X, Y, Z for my content or when, right. whatever days, right? So I feel like you have to create some form of habit, but also that motivation. Um, during, I, during the time I was, I had my child, 
I was thinking I was actually looking for to move out of the healthcare um, industry. And mm. now I'm in the tech industry. So I mm. did um, have career moves mm-hmm. <laughs> in between the last three years um, because it was that motivation. Like I want to do more and I know I could do it. I know I have the support of my husband, my parents, whoever it would be. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like you do have to have both. Yeah. You have to have that motivation. You have to create those habits in order to succeed. I agree. Um, and I love that. And I love that you made the change that you needed to make for you and your family. Um, you were in healthcare for a while. That's what you knew. It was almost like you knew that as the back of your hand. And then you were like, you know what, if we're, if we're going to be growing, let's just grow all the way and let's get into the <laughs> Let's get crazy and just like jump industries. We're, we're going to try to. You're already, you're already in the water, right? So you're just like, let's go bananas. Let's get into the tech realm. Let's see how this goes. Um, and it sounds like it's going great for you. And it sounds like you're learning a lot. It sounds like there's, you know, space for growth in there. Um, and then do you feel that you're using both your business, your, your personal business, so your business skills um, with your new tech um, path that you've decided to, um, to take? No, it's completely different. No kidding. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I kind of, so I kind of feel like I really enjoy that because it's like, I think of like my content creation and like blogging as my creative side. And Love this it. is more of like, you know, project management and, and um, policies and contracts. So yeah. it's like completely different. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess I combine like both of them in more in, in the sense of like, I'm learning what one thing and let's just say at work and I'm like, oh, I could try to do something different when the way that I do my task for content creation, maybe mm-hmm. have like plan it out, maybe have a calendar for it. So it kind of like goes hand in hand, but they're completely different. <laughs> and I love that for you because even though you've, you know, you're now a mom, you have, you took it upon yourself to be like, okay, I'm not just going to use my left brain or I'm not just going to use my right brain. I'm going to use both sides of my brain and I'm going to use them at, you know, the capacity that, that I feel comfortable with and I'm going to be able to shine in both. So I think that's great. And I think that's also very important for our listeners because I always felt that I wasn't a creative. I always felt that I was more of an analytical person. And that just has to do with my background. I was part of um, experiential events for at least minimum 12 years. And so there always had to be a plan, right? Like, it's, it's just insane how much planning and detail goes into that kind of stuff. And so it has spilled over to my personal life. Like, you need a you need a travel itinerary. I got you. (laughs) Um, But it's always made me feel like, oh, I'm not creative. But lately I've noticed like there's a different spectrum and there's a broad spectrum of creativity. Um, Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean like, oh, I'm the artist, I'm the painter or, oh, I'm a musician. Creativeness can be like, you know, yeah, I'm creating all these plans, these planners or like this itinerary, but I can doodle on it. Um, or I can have it flow very differently than someone else would have it flow or even just, you know, um, grabbing, like, I mean, I'm not even trying to shout out five below, but like shout out five below (laughs) because like I'll buy art supplies there and like a canvas and just on a weekend, you know, 
paint. And I'm not saying, again, I'm like, no Picasso here, but it's just letting that creativity flow and letting that just be part of who you are. And so I think it's very important for our listeners to be like, you don't have to be one or the other. You can be both and then you can be both at whatever capacity you want to be. Yeah. Like at first when I would think like creative, I'm like, oh, I'm not a DIY person at all. I'd rather mm-hmm. pay somebody else to do it. I mean, um, because <laughs> I'm just not creative in that sense. Yeah. Um, and I kind of felt like the content creation, because it first started off with me vlogging about my experience with postpartum mm. and then kind of going from there and now like traveling. I've traveled with the brand recently to London and, and I'm trying to go into like, um, like style and fashion and just, thinking Mm -hmm. of these other things that I want to do like that's where my creative side comes out like creating uh fashion reels creating outfits um traveling um photography so there's like so many things in the background that you have to think about and also editing like I do I do everything (laughs) so you think about like hey I am creative or or you even sit down like what is it that I like and you kind of have to find find it from there and there's something for everything yeah and it also and it's also you showing us you know just like yes you are a mother now that is part of who you are but you've always been a multi-dimensional human being and I feel like when we get very caught up in our careers or our job titles you get very very honed in or even like sometimes as a business owner you follow certain social media influencers and they're just like hone in on this become the expert on this like and then this this is how you're going to create your financial security or your financial fortunes. But there's so many aspects to us. Like I, you know, I was just on a podcast and I was talking about how like we're all human beings and we're all multidimensional and there's just not one thing that I'm good at. I can be good at multiple things or like I can like multiple things and that's okay. And so it's kind of being like, yes, this can be But just because I'm an expert in this doesn't mm-hmm. mean that I can't give my opinion or showcase my talent in these other things. And so, like, I commend yeah. you and, like, thank you for sharing that with us because sometimes I, I, I myself get caught in that trap, right? Like, I speak mm-hmm. on community. This is what I'm good at. Like, this is my expertise. But it's like, no, I love traveling. Like, I, I took my mom on a 27-day trip to Europe, you know, like this past mm-hmm. summer. And yet I don't, I don't really share those pictures or have even thought about writing about it because it's not my expertise. Um, and so you showing, yeah. like being brave enough to be like, yo, like, let's talk about motherhood travel. And I just came back from London. So now I have an interest in fashion. Like, why not? Why not? And yeah. so, um, so that's awesome. Um, and, I, and I love that. And you're just giving me the chispa, the spark to be like, fuck that. Like, I can be all of it if I want to, too. Yes, you can. And it, that really pisses me off because uh, I remember a few because I wanted to quit I wanted to stop content creation I was like it's not for me I'm not making like a lot of money on it you know it's just more of like it it makes me happy it makes me Mm -hmm. feel good and if that's okay and if that's all I get then hey Mm -hmm. I'm feeling better than I did I don't know how many years ago right so but I've had great opportunities that come from it so Mm -hmm. but 
people have always told me, well, what's your niche? What's your niche? Yes. Or like your, your page is just all over the place. I'm like, I'm all over the place. Like, <laughs> um, I love this. I love to do that. I love to do the, you know, X, Y, and Z. And my life changes so much. Like, yes, yes a few years ago, my Instagram was just travel because I was traveling nonstop and photography. That was it. And then from then, of course, I became a mom. I talked about my postpartum depression. And then from there, I met other content creators and started to go to events. And that just kind of came along. And now traveling with the brand. And as humans, we evolve so much. And your Instagram or your, you know, something is not going to evolve with you. Yeah. I feel like it makes no sense. Like, this is my life. Like, I'm not trying to bs people like oh i have a perfect life no i don't like i've struggled with this with postpartum depression with ptsd Mm -hmm. i'm open about it and i'm going to be adding a lot of stuff on my instagram so uh but that's just my life yeah it's not going to be perfect aesthetic on my instagram you're going to be different colors different emotions different everything because that's that's me yeah that's my life so sometimes I'm like, I want to try anything. And if it's and if it feels good for me, then it feels good for me. I don't have to be I'm I'm tired of just pleasing people. I'm just going to please myself. <laughs> and that's a big one. That's a big one because we try to and that's kind of almost when you were talking about your postpartum depression, right? It was almost like pleasing the family because you didn't want to it was the comparison of you and your mom and like almost pleasing the family of like I can't let them down I can't let myself down I can't let my newborn down um because of this beautiful aesthetic that my mom had laid out for me and turns out your mom also was a hot mess was crying in the shower um probably like locked herself in the closet and was playing hide and seek with y'all and then like locked herself and cried for a few minutes while you were hiding right like like let's just yeah. be honest I feel like a lot of moms have done this before. I'm like I've done that I've done that already <laughs> you're like that was actually me at 10 a.m today <laughs> so no so it's like it's great you know and it's great and so like this is such a beautiful chapter in your life of being like I'm done with the people pleasing um and that includes everyone around me like thank you for the love and support but I'm going to show up as authentically as I am. And then sometimes even as, you know, as you're a content creator, I'm a business owner um, and I love taking photos. Um, But again, I don't really share my photos because sometimes I'm just like, can this be a passion project? Um, Or do I always have to monetize on something? And I think we get very, 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 um, and dated with always having to have multiple streams of income, right? Like no matter what book you read for financial freedom, it's like multiple streams of income and like all of this other stuff. And sometimes it's just like, can I just do something? And you almost feel, well, let me speak for myself. Like I almost Mm -hmm. feel guilty when I take these photos and don't post them up or like don't use them for some type of brand strategy because everything has to be monetized. And so it's almost unlearning um, or reframing your mindset to be like, it's okay just to do things because you like them. You don't necessarily have to make money off of them. And you like if it makes money, you know, like if it makes money, then hey, even better. Thank you so much. You know, (laughs) Um, here, here's um, my what I my right my right. So if, if you if you can, but I feel like there's 
sometimes people might close the doors so quickly. Oh, because I'm not getting paid. Well, yeah. what if you make a relationship with that brand and later on something bigger happens from that? Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like, I'm open, but of course I always think about, do I have time for it? And I have said no to a lot of things too. Um, mm -hmm. That maybe those have been great opportunities later on, but at the moment it's just like, I can't. And right now um, I'm expecting my second child. I'm, I'm pregnant and um, Congratulations. thank you. So like for me, now that I know of like, okay, have a higher chances of having another high risk pregnancy of possibly having another premature baby. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to do as much as I usually do mm. because I know all the possibilities that could happen. I could even have postpartum depression again. Mm -hmm. Some people think it's like, oh, well, you could handle it. Um, I was about to it's ask. Just, it's like mind over matter. It's like, no, when I was in it, it was not mind over matter. My mind was just dark. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like, what am I going to do this time around that's different? Mm -hmm. And one of them is just like, okay, maybe I can't do all these trips right now. Yeah. I have to really focus on myself or I might not, or I might not work with this specific brand because it's just a lot of things I have to do. So. Right. I'm willing to let go of that so I could be okay. And so now that you know you're expecting your second child, um, are you one, are you afraid that your postpartum de depression will come back? And two, what are some tips and tricks um, that, that you're learning or that you're doing presently and that our mothers who do have postpartum depression can probably do to help alleviate that? Um, type of feeling yeah well I am afraid I, I do feel like okay maybe it could happen again mm -hmm. <laughs> um, just because how I said it's having depression just comes to you like a ton of bricks and people think like oh I could just get out of it like I yeah. couldn't I I've had dealt with PTSD I have dealt with stress but this time around postpartum depression it was it was a lot Mm -hmm. My mind wasn't able to to fully grasp what everything was going on. So I'd need that, that assistance. Mm -hmm. But I felt this time around, it's like, okay, I'm open to it. And I'm open to help. Mm, that's um, a big one. What really helps me this time. I'm like, if you tell me, Maritza, uh, you know, hey, Maritza, like, oh, can we, do you need help with anything? I'm like, yes, I need help with this, this and that. Like, don't ask me. Here's the Google sheet. I'm sh I'm sharing it. Like this, these, yeah. this is everything I needed help with. Like, put your name on the one that you want to help me with. Yeah, because I know some people are like, oh, what do you do? You need anything? And be careful with that text. Like, yes, I do need X, Y, and Z because I'm not, um, I'm not afraid to ask for help anymore. And if you want to help me out, and if it's really genuine, please don't tell people like, what can I help you with? if you're not, if you don't want to hear anything back, right? So just putting it out there, PSA, <laughs> if you want to help and you're telling somebody it's because you truly want to help. So um, I'm going to be taking any help I could get. So that's, that's something new that I'm going to do this time around. I love that. No, I love that. And I think that also helps our listeners too, right? Is if, if it's someone's asking you like, Hey, what can I help you with? Don't be afraid 
um, to take them up on their offer again, like el orgullo is out the door. Um, the pride and the ego are out the door. Like it's more, it's, and then again, it it takes a community, right? It takes a tribe Mm -hmm. to not just for your child. Um, and then, and then you're expecting one it's for you too, you know, and it's for your immediate family. And so in order to, they say it takes a village and, and I really, I mean, especially nowadays with how much inflation is and like all the chaos in the world, it definitely does take a village. So for all of our listeners out there, like, just like Marisa is going to do if someone's like, hey, what can I help you with? Um, send them the Google sheet and like just tell them to write their name down on the three tab. And I say three, um, but if it needs to be one, that's fine. Uh, yeah, just like accept the help. And then and, okay. and, and like you were saying, even with you now, you've learned to be like, I know that I'm going to be asking for help because I don't need to be doing this on my own, nor should I be doing it on my own. Um, it's it's too much pressure. It's just too much in life in general. And so here we are, people, get ready to help me um, because I will be asking for it. Whether, <laughs> whether you ask or not, I shall be asking. Um, Maritza, what are or are there any resources such as books, websites, podcasts, um, or blogs that you follow that help you learn more about and help manage your postpartum depression? Uh, there wasn't really one that I like really remember. Of. Okay. It was just more of um, like asking for like a therapist that really just got to me mm-hmm. instead of looking it through Instagram. Cause I feel like, but, but it's good to kind of go around um, and start searching, like to be prepared. Mm-hmm. And that's what I kind of felt like I did. There's um, this doctor, doctor, I'm looking her up. Dr. Her Instagram is Allie Rod MD, and she's Boricua, and she's okay. an OBGYN. And her Instagram is Allie Rod MD, and she talks about pregnancy. Is it E L L Y or E E L I E? It's A L I R O D. Uh-huh. MD. Okay. So Dr. Allie Rod MD. Okay. Um, and she has had so many great facts about pregnancy. And then I kind of go on from there and just um, even look up like stress or postpartum depression mm-hmm. and as a, a link. And there's this one, um, her name is Psyched Mommy. Mm-hmm. And it's, she focuses on mental health and postpartum and just reading like her posts. Like this one says, Mom Truth. All we talk about is the kids. Like, what did they do that day? But nobody really talks about, like, oh, how's the mom doing? Especially after postpartum. Mm-hmm. Everybody goes and visits the baby. And really, they forget about the mom Ooh, or the parent. That's a big one. Yes. And the motherhood can feel like a conflict between wanting this season to pass quickly and wishing time would stand still. Which is, like, yeah. So, like, her posts were just on point. <laughs> very resonating. Very resonating. Yeah. Yeah. But of course, for sure, number one is therapy. Yeah. Um, best resource out there that I have ever had. <laughs> um, and of course, those two, um, those two women on Instagram that have helped me. <laughs> Even they they don't know it, but they've helped me. 
Yeah, yeah. And you're probably and first, first and foremost, yes, shout out to our therapists and and like our amazing therapists who help us um, do well, we might not like them at the time, but when they make us do the work, <laughs> and then you come out and the other side, like as a lot more growing with a lot with a lot more growth, and then a lot more um, insight on who you are, and then how you want to navigate your life. So shout out to to the amazing therapists that are out there. But you yourself now are a resource. I mean, you have your blog, and you know, you talk about your postpartum depression, you've also talked about your experiences with PTSD. So, you know, obviously, before we end this, we definitely want to know, we want to let folks know where they can reach you and find you. But you now are a resource and that's pretty <laughs> awesome. So let's clap it up for you because that's great. Thank you. Yes, uh, you can find me at mitzydace.com and that's where I have uh, my blogs about my previous postpartum depression journey um, because, hey, it could happen again. We don't know. But um, and also at Mitzy Days, mm-hmm. M-I-T-Z-Y-D-A-Y-S mm-hmm. on Instagram. We love it. Um, we love it. And we're here for it. Is there anything that before we end the show and, and come to a, a conclusion or, or conclude this episode, is there anything that you would like to share with either our mo- our first time moms that are expecting or our second, right? Like, like you're saying you're, you're, you're expecting, and then you're kind of nervous and scared of maybe getting postpartum depression, or do you have any words of wisdom for the women that, you know, are suffering in silence and who do have postpartum depression? Yeah, it's just, it's, I think the best thing is just ask for help. Mm -hmm. It's okay. um, Even though, let's just say you might not have that village around you. Mm -hmm. Seek out therapy, seek out, talk to somebody, just tell them, this is the way that I feel. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's always better to go with um, with a professional, but being okay to be vulnerable, being okay to ask for help and not feel judged because most likely than not, there's a lot more women out there that have gone through it. People are just quiet about it. Mm-hmm. So it's okay to make noise. It's okay to to ask that help for, for help. Not, we're, we're not okay, okay? Motherhood is hard, especially the first few weeks as a new parent. And even I hear with like my sister who has two kids and other people around me that have two kids, they're like, oh yeah, it's tough. <laughs> it gets tougher, uh, especially with two. So um, just know that it does take time. Mm-hmm. It does take time as well. Um, it doesn't, it didn't come easy for me. Mm-hmm. And it might come easy for others. Mm-hmm. But um, try not to focus on what other people are doing. Mm, First, people that part. There to, to help you out. Um, and of course, by the way, you can see my Instagram. You're like, oh, no, she has got it down. Like, no. There, there's a, a real me there crying about my current journey. See, <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, no, we're going through something. So maybe somebody doesn't want to verbalize it. But you're not alone. Yeah. And I love it. And I love that. I love the fact that you're making it very important to know that you're not alone. And, you know, again, like you had the amazing opportunity to have 
an immediate support system within your immediate family. But for those of you who don't have support, I say seek support. Um, I know I definitely had not my postpartum depression, but I've definitely had episodes of depression and anxiety. And, you know, my your family and then on top of that, your family can only help you so much because they themselves only have so many resources and so many t- tools. It wasn't until I created my own tribe and my own village that I was able to come out of that darkness and come out of that black hole. So, you know, if you don't have it at the house um, or with your parents, like, please seek your own tribe. And that's what you did, you know, going into this postpartum um, depression group, like you found your allies and you found the mothers that were able to resonate with you, not judge you and help you move forward. Um, no matter how that looked, right? Whether it was messy, whether it was ugly, whether it was teary. Um, and it was sounded like it was very raw, real and vulnerable, which is what you need in order to come out to the other side at times. So um, yeah. So I also feel like um, also to know that you could feel both ways because there's mm-hmm. times that I'm like, oh my gosh, my daughter needs to be quiet. Like I need my time alone. But then I see her, I'm like, oh, I love her so much like she geez it's so I can't even explain how much I love her like of course there's gonna be times where I'm like you little girl you just sit your butt down and like let me breathe and let me relax go with your dad like just go with your dad right now I need I need my dad alone and it's okay to feel that because I felt like I couldn't do that if I mm. was loving my child, but it's like okay. mom guilt. Is that what they call yeah. the mom guilt? Okay. Mom, oh yeah. Mom guilt is, is real. I felt it many times and people were like, Oh, look at you. You're traveling. Must be nice. Like, no, I'm traveling, but I miss my daughter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I'm traveling for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's okay to feel both ways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Marita, thank you so much for being so raw, so real, so authentic with um, all of us. I've learned so much from this experience. Um, And for, you know, all of us that aren't moms, like have another sense of empathy, right? Like this is your story and this is very real for you. And, and, you know, I like I, I, I'm going to opt out of motherhood. I'm like 99.9% sure that I will. Um, but that doesn't mean that I cannot have empathy for you or that I can't make space for you. And so I'm one of those people that I might not know what the hell I'm doing, but I am going to be like, can I help you? And by, can I help you? Do you need me to go do some errands for you? Um, or do you need me to take your kid to the park real quick for like two hours so you can get that nap in? Um, and so I think this is just a great episode for, you know, the women that are going through this and for the women that will never go through this. Um, it's just, it's just us women supporting women. And, and I think that's going to get us, you know, very far and, you know, the collaboration and the empathy and just caring. So, I appreciate you being on this show um, on Making Me That Moves and getting vulnerable with us. And hopefully our listeners were able to hear some gems that were um, dropped. And again, just thank you for your time and your knowledge. And um, for all of those who have listened, thank you so much. Um, And please don't forget to leave us a review on either Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. Cinco Estritas, por favor. Um, Maritza, again, where can we find you um, and where can we follow you at? Mitzydays.com and Mitzydays on Instagram. 
Perfect. And then just to re, uh, remind all of those that we also have a Making Leaders uh, Moves community on Facebook. So please feel free to get on a hold of us on there as well as on Instagram. And if you do have a question, please send them our way to makingleadermoves at gmail.com. Gracias once again. And I will catch you on the next episodio. Abrazos, besos y cariño, familia. Bye.